Hello, welcome to Winter Dogs Bagpipe and History Podcast, the weekly show where I explore the likely repertoire of 18th and early 19th century bagpipers using historic music collections, written for bagpipes or not, uh, and played on illin pipes, highland pipes, and whistles. Let's hear some tunes. here this is the last episode of the year the last episode of the season two uh i started calling the podcast seasons i think on season three or season two and essentially it was just marking each time the show kind of resurrected itself and uh it's different because generally they just ended without any plan or any reason i just things got busy and i quit doing them and there wasn't much of a rhyme or reason to how the show used to function before anyway uh, certainly not back in like what you'd call season one, I guess. So it feels different to be like, hey, I'm ending the season. Uh, but I think we'll call every year a season from now on. And mostly I wanted to do that because I decided to release a bit of an album that's like a best of for the year. And uh, it seems that that makes sense. Um, I didn't set off the year planning to reboot the podcast. I did plan uh, around December, kind of end of December. I've been watching Tara Howley's uh, tune a day videos from 2019 and just loving them and I was like you know I should do that playing music makes me happy I should do a tune every day and so I set out to do that in 2020 and I did and then coronavirus happened and it just all sort of became a little bit bigger than I thought it was going to be maybe or smaller even I don't know but uh, I wound up having a bunch of music I did a live stream on St. Patrick's Day and it's like, you know, I could do that podcast again. Anyway, that's all to say that I really like the podcast and kind of the direction it's going and how I do things of kind of playing some historic tunes and talking about them. And I love all the interactions with uh, listeners kind of emailing and messaging in. Um, so I don't, I hope this isn't, I don't plan on this podcast going away. I do think there's going to be a season five, uh, but when I end this season and take a month off or so to kind of finalize what the album is going to look like and write a dissertation chapter and then come back strong at the end of January or early February. Uh, I've been kind of struggling with what to call this album. At first I was just going to call it, I w- actually I was going to release like teacher volumes or uh, research volumes or reference libraries where I was just going to have, here's all the Donald McDonald tunes I played this year. Here's all the Angus Mackay tunes I played this year and just have them all in standalone kind of volumes and give them away for free. Turns out that is more difficult to do uh, than I thought. And it was also going to take a bunch of my time to do it that way, which kind of made me realize like, oh, I shouldn't make this for free. The podcast is already the free form of this information, so I'm going to charge some money for it. And rather than it being a vast collection of everything, uh, what I'm going to do is kind of put together some of the best tracks um, that the sound quality I'm you know, pleased enough with, uh, or if it's a piece that was recorded live in Scotland someplace, I will suffer some lower quality recordings but uh, that's sort of my plan so in the next couple weeks if you've got some tunes that you've really loved some kind of favorites of yours that you wish you had uh if you wish you had that in a format where you could just listen to it rather than having to dig through the podcast and hunt it down or something uh shoot me a message and it'll likely make it onto the album 
At this point, I'm planning to call it, rather than Best of Season 4 of Way to Talk's Bagpipe and History Podcast, I don't think that's going to be terribly accessible, so I think we're going to call it Oyster Wives Rant and other popular historic tunes on the bagpipes, since Oyster Wives Rant has been the intro music for a good chunk of this season, which means for Season 5 i got to come up with new intro music, uh, and also I'm going to try to make a logo and that kind of thing. Uh, anyways, like I said, I'll be finalizing the kind of track list and order. As I went through and started to select things that I thought were good enough to include, I wound up with well over 40 tunes, um, and I'm not done yet. So I think uh, I'm going to try to keep it restrained to 20 or less, um, and then getting the order of that right is going to be a bit of a nightmare too. So anyway, if you've got any ideas or any tunes that you desperately hope uh, you will have an easier way to listen to, uh, shoot me a message. I am still planning to record a proper album using a lot of tunes we played this year. Um, As soon as I can get back into a more uh, pleasant recording space for sound quality and that sort of thing, and then kind of polish up actual sets with it. So this album, it's really going to be a best of this podcast. So it'll be reposting things that you've already heard if you listen to the entire show. Uh, although there's a couple of tunes that have been kind of hidden behind a I've taken the episodes offline or taken an episode offline because I played a track on it from um, an archive that I'm hoping to be in a better relationship (laughs) rather than just like using and them not noticing that I exist. Um, So yeah, anyway, uh, there'll be some new stuff that some people heard but hasn't been accessible for a long time. And it was like episode six, so it's a way back when not a lot of people were listening. Um, Anyway, that is what the deal is. yeah, I had been planning, I had a bunch of plans for the season finale episode of just all of these tunes that I hadn't had an excuse to play yet. I did a lot of work for that country dance program and recorded a lot of tunes that I'm pretty pleased with, but they never made it onto the podcast. So I was going to just play a bunch of those. And then I started looking at Jackson's tunes. And so this episode is going to be that. It's going to be a leftovers uh, episode, but it's also going to be a kind of introduction to Piper Jackson's tunes. And it's also going to be a <laughs> finally playing the tune Tweedside, uh, which is one of these tunes that I kept seeing in all of these settings and I couldn't really get the hang of it. Uh, or couldn't like find the music of it, I guess. And uh, a listener sent me in the copy of how they play Tweedside in Kelso, which is on the side of the River Tweed. Um, and so I'm going to play that. And also when Ryan Kirk did his guitaring, guitaring, I did it again. Um, he sent me in Tweedside. So that's what we'll finish off with. So the, the tune set so far, uh, we're going to start off with recordings from Donald McDonald that I never post on the podcast. And that's going to be the Celtic Society Quick Step and the Weaver. And then we're going to play from O'Farrell, a tune called Marinda. Uh, and then we're going to kind of play some of those dancing tunes from the country dance program I did. So we're going to start with um, a tune called The Skimmer, which is from Johnson's Country Dances from 1744. And then a set of tunes from Strait and Scalern's uh, 1773 country dance collection, I think it's 1773, but it's tunes called The Cave of Enchantment and The Exeter Change. Kind of play those two as a set. Uh, and then from Thompson's complete collection of 200 favorite country dances from 1773 to 1780, that's really the title, volume four. Um, and we're going to play Jackson's Morning Brush. Uh, I was 
When I was looking for like English country dance books, I was really surprised and pleased to see Jackson tunes on them. Uh, there's always been sort of this question in the back of my head of, you know, how much did Irish pipers play repertoire from England and Scotland and vice versa? How much do you have Irish music infiltrating Scotland and Ireland? And I had felt like there was probably a pretty liberal exchange going back and forth and some kind of brief email exchanges with Keith Sanger that I've had have really confirmed that thought with me, but this seemed a little bit, uh, a bit like a nail in the coffin of seeing, you know, an, an Illin Piper from Ireland in kind of a mid to late 18th century, uh, see his tunes show up in an English country dance collection. Uh, so we're going to play uh, Thompson's setting for Jackson Morning Brush, and then I've got a set of, of that into Jackson's Bottle of Claret from the Cook's 1796 Country Dances of Dublin, which we played a couple episodes back. Uh, and then, thanks to Terry Moylan, I'm going to play some tunes that Jackson published himself. So it's one of the really cool things about Piper Jackson, is that he actually published his own set of music. So similar to O'Farrell, you know, O'Farrell published his own his big pocketbook companions, and there's a handful of his own tunes in there, but Jackson is far better known as a composer than O'Farrell and wrote a lot of tunes that still survive into kind of popular use today. Um, and Jackson's Morning Brush is by far the most famous of those tunes, uh, certainly in the 18th century that seemed to be played everywhere. I found it in a lot of different tune collections, but I'm only going to play it in these two places. Um, anyway, so we're going to play Jackson's Morning Brush from Jackson, and then Jackson's Turret, which is also from Jackson. Jackson's Turret, that's what he called his house, was the turret. Uh, and then we'll finish with Tweed Side stuff. So like I said, we'll play um, play the Tweed Side um, tune that I got from a listener in Kelso. I asked, kind of, how does this how do you play it there? And he sent me kind of the notes that he said are, are pretty close to um, Scott's Musical Museum project there that Burns and other folks worked on. Um, so we'll play that, and then I'm going to go into uh, a tune from a collection that actually came from Kelso, um, fellow by the name of, do I have it in my notes here? Thomas Calvert. Um, so we're going to do a set of Tweedside with the Kelso Bowling Green, and then we'll finish out with a Tweedside duet from Robert Bremner's guitar book with Ryan Kirk on guitar and me on whistle. Whew, that's a lot of tunes. All right, so before, without further ado, let's just jump right into these Donald McDonald tunes. Uh, the Celtic Society Quick Step, I really like, I mentioned it way back in the Halloween episode, because the anthropologist that's, um, I got some of the stories from uh, it was a member of one of the Celtic societies, and I still need to do some reading to figure out a little bit more about the Celtic society. Uh, there's some articles about them, I think, on Ross's music page that I haven't read yet. But uh, anyway, it's a Kraken tune. So here is Donald MacDonald's setting, uh, which means it's around 1828 for the Celtic society's quick step. <laughs>
So yeah, the uh, anthropologist I was talking about before is John Gregerson Campbell, wrote all those books about uh, superstitions of the Highlands and Islands of Scotland. That was the guy. Uh, this tune also shows up in Miller's manuscripts. Um, I think Miller was a piper to the Celtic Society. He might have written the thing. I'm definitely going to have to get some more into Miller on the next round of this show as well. But uh, anyway, let's go back into another Donald McDonald tune. This one is called The Weaver. Let's see our other old favorite from the podcast, uh, O'Farrell. Not quite sure. So O'Farrell published the book, right? And he calls it O'Farrell's Pocketbook Companion. Uh, but then a couple times throughout the tracks, he refers to the author of the tunes as just Farrell. So I'm not quite sure if I'm supposed to refer to him as Farrell or O'Farrell in English. I feel like since he uses both in printed form, it's okay to say either. Uh, but willing to be corrected on that. Uh, anyway, so this is tune from O'Farrell. It's called Marinda. Uh, it's from the Pocketbook Companion. I'm not quite sure which volume, but uh, if it's from volume one or two, I'll have a link to it. If it's from three or four, I'll have a link to a PDF download. Um, speaking of PDF downloads, Kill Sean seems to be offline. Um, I, if anybody has had a brief moment of terror, as I did, uh, looking at that, you can find it. Maybe it's already back up by now. Anyway, but. Uh, if you like using... No, it's still down. Um, if you use the Wayback Machine, you can get a link to Kill Sean still. Um, so I might update... I'll update the link on my uh, sources page for now. Although it's such an easy website. It's definitely one that I just type in uh, rather than go to my list of links. But anyway, if you use the Wayback Machine, which is just archive.org, and type in the website, you can find a viable link to it. And it's full of great tunes, mostly for Highland Pipes, but... Um, which is a funny thing to talk about here when we're talking about O'Farrell's setting for Marinda. Anyway, here is Marinda.
don't know that it's just because that was a 2-4 or what, but it really feels like a good country dance to me. Um, I think those staccato notes that uh, Farrell actually marks in the collection to do that, which is pretty rare. Um, maybe that makes it two, but uh, anyway, I, I really enjoyed the country dance tunes we played this year and wound up doing a lot more research on them and playing a bunch of stuff that never made it onto the podcast that was part of the John Askins country dance book um, presentation I did in November. Uh, but one that was sitting around in my archive that I really like, but I'm not quite sure where I first got it. Uh, it's called The Skimmer. Uh, it's from John Johnson, choice collection of 200 favorite country dances from 1744. Uh, it's a good little tune, and we'll play it here. It's nice to get those really old tunes anyway, and hope you enjoy it. So here is The Skimmer. the country dance train going here uh, this is a set of tunes they happen to be on the same page of straight and scalern 1773 um or sorry 1775 favorite country dances um 204 favorite country dances uh the tunes are the cave of enchantment and the extra change i just really like cave of enchantment and i like extra change too i'm not sure if i made extra might have already made it under the podcast i'm not sure definitely made it into a tune of the day um but Cave of Enchantment is really awesome, and I think it might it, it might sound better on whistle than pipes uh, in terms of like what I can do with it, um, or certainly on flute. Uh, but anyway, I don't play flute, and I wanted to play it on pipes, dang it. So here's a set of 1775 country dance tunes from Straight and Scalern, so again, a London publication. Uh, and it's Cave of Enchantment and Exeter Change. And like, this doesn't, like Marinda that we heard before didn't really have a bunch of other uh doesn't exist anyplace else other than o'farrell's pocketbook companion 4 uh, i looked at during the break and cave of enchantment and exeter change as well are kind of dead ends on traditional tune archives so if they have roots someplace else i don't know what they are uh, so kind of interesting to find uh, as i've found all the tools for like where to find um connections between 
various music, it's sort of surprising to find a tune that like, oh yeah, this is the only source we know about. Um, so anyway, here's Cave of Enchantment and Exeter Change. So when I was looking through these collections, uh, I was really kind of tickled to find a tune by Jackson. So uh, Walker Jackson is a pretty well-known Ellen Piper, who is fairly active in the later half of the 18th century, published, or, well, yeah, he composed a lot of tunes and published uh, several as well. Uh, there's kind of a little collection of tunes, of 13 tunes he published in 1790. Uh, it's just 13 tunes, and a couple of them... Clearly, he didn't write, but maybe it's just his variations on. But uh, So that's sort of the trick of him. We've all probably encountered Jackson tunes because they're often called Jacksons and then fill in the blank. Um, 
but yeah, there's there's another piper named Jackson supposedly from uh, the north of Ireland uh, that also gets a lot of tunes kind of in this a little bit similar, but like maybe 19th century or the 18th century time period gets associated with them. But um, by far the most famous of Jackson's tunes is Jackson's Morning Brush. It shows up in O'Farrell, shows up in James Aird's collection, and even shows up in this. Um, you know, Thompson's complete collection of 200 favorite country dances from 1773 to 1780. Uh, O'Neill assumed that Jackson's Morning Brush was first written in 1775, which would mean this is a really early version, or maybe the tune's older than uh, O'Neill expected. I think that's probably just the oldest setting he could find. Maybe that's when it shows up in Aird's. I did not double check that. Uh, a lot of the information I have on Walker Jackson is all thanks to a couple people. Uh, one, Brendan Brunach, I'm not sure if I got his name right, but just an amazing scholar of kind of Irish music and language and NPU or Nipibrialin just did kind of a short little documentary that I'll link to in the description if you want to read up about Brendan and only got Brendan's article because Keith Sanger told me about it because uh, it's kind of hard to find online. So um, thank you, Keith, for forwarding along that bit of research. So I'm hoping to do like I said, a couple episodes, uh, or at least have, you know, Walker Jackson tunes show up pretty regularly. As I was getting ready for this episode, I found another collection published in Scotland uh, in the early 19th century that had a bunch of Jackson tunes in it, so there's lots of Jackson tunes to go to the well for. Uh, well over, what is it, over 50, maybe 70 tunes are attributed to Jackson. Uh, Brendan theorizes that probably a tenth of those he actually wrote, um, but these tunes I'm pretty confident in. Uh, this next set is Jackson's Morning Brush from this English country dance collection, uh, like I said, from 1773 to 1780. And so it's a London collection. So here we've got Irish music from an Illin Piper showing up in a collection of favorite country dances in England, which just chuffed me to bits, um, kind of seeing how connected and well-traveled this, these tunes were. And like I said, you see Jackson tunes in Aird and various other collections as well. Um, hoping to give him his own episode or two next season. Um, rather than just playing Jackson's Morning Brush, uh, or Thompson's setting for it, I also go into another Jackson tune. This is Jackson's Bottle of Claret, which we've already heard in the podcast. That was in Cook's uh, favorite Country Dances from the Dublin publication in 1796. So uh, that was published just two years before Walker Jackson's death. So Walker Jackson died in 1798. Uh, for those that are interested, he's born, or not born necessarily, but lived in Limerick. Um, I think the name of the tune is Listuan. Oh, sorry, don't know if that's right. Um, but yeah, so here is uh, English Country Dance Collection version of Jackson's Morning Brush and then an Irish setting for Jackson's Bottle of Claret. Some good tunes. Jackson's Morning Brush especially, just, I think, as much as he's a piper, I have no doubt that the best way to hear Jackson's Morning Brush is on a flute, like the pacing of it, just really, when I play it on whistle, it's sort of fun to emphasize the, the beats with your voice, um, with your wind a little bit. Anyway, here is Jackson's Morning Brush and Jackson's Bottle of Claret.
So I want to go ahead and play a couple more Jackson tunes, but as he wrote them down himself. So uh, in 1790, Jackson published a, a little book called Jackson Celebrated Irish Tunes in London. Uh, and it's just 13 tunes. Most of them still have the Jacksons fill in the blank title. Um, this is a really hard bit of music to get a hold of, so I'm indebted to Terry Moylan, who's the archivist, I believe still, at Napeber Illin, who sent me a copy of it after I was whining about not being able to look at it. So some lovely stuff here I'm looking forward to playing through, um, to get to playing through on the podcast in the future. Uh, but we're going to play Jackson Sitting for Morning Brush, um, and it's it's a little bit different than Thompson's, not terribly different. Uh, the nice thing about Jackson's tunes is they come with a bass line as well, which I don't know, some of the tunes in here definitely extend beyond the range of an Ellen pipe, um, and even like beyond, like sometimes O'Farrell's stuff, especially in his tutor, have that leading note, which would seem to make me think that um, O'Farrell had a chanter that he could put a foot on to get that low... Um, the low C, I guess it would be, um, and Jackson's tunes aren't, it's not that, like, they go way lower than that, so I'm not sure if he was playing notes on his regulators to get that low, or just kind of expected this to be played by other music, uh, or other instruments as well, uh, but like I said, he's got a bass clef, um, harmony part for all of the tunes in this collection, which I've been thinking about playing around with, kind of playing taking that as regulator notes, but nobody, like when the people that write about how to play regulators and their various tutors in the 18th and 19th century, like they never write out regulator notes in bass clef, so I don't think that's what it's for, but it, you know, it's pretty reasonable for how people did do it, um, how played, how sparing regulator note accompaniment really was in the 18th and 19th century, but I gotta be able to play my regulators better <laughs> before I can do that, so something to look forward to next season, I suppose. Uh, anyway, so here is Jackson's Morning Brush as Jackson wrote it in 1790. Thanks again, Terry.
And one more tune from Jackson. This one is Jackson's Turret, uh, which is the name of his house. That's what he called his house, is Jackson's Turret. Um, and this is 2-4, and again, just really feels like a country dance to me. So fitting that uh, some of his tunes wind up in country dance collections in Scotland and England, as well as Ireland. Anyway, here is Jackson's Turret. In terms of kind of finishing up lost or uh, abandoned projects or uh, not not getting around to things that I felt like I should have done a long time ago, um, this next set of tunes, Tweedside, uh, Tweedside just shows up in every collection of tunes I've looked at, I feel like. Um, it's certainly in O'Farrell as a duet, it's in Aired, it's in... Um, yeah, it's just in a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Caledonian Pocket Companions from Oswald. I bet McGiven does it too. It's just sort of everywhere, but I've never really felt moved by it. Um, and so it, it just kind of escaped it. There's a handful of tunes like that. Eileen Arun is another one that shows up in a bunch of places, but I can't quite get the get the spirit of it. But uh, anyway, after an episode a long time ago, months, months and months back, um, Philip Whitaker sent me kind of a message talking about this collection of Thomas Calvert, who uh, published a collection of tunes uh, in Kelso um, in, I think, around 1790s, is when people are thinking. It's a pretty interesting collection of lots of military tunes. It's also the oldest setting I've seen of the downfall of Paris, but uh, there might be an older one. I just don't know. But uh, so it's an interesting collection of stuff. And anyway, so Phil and I were kind of messaging back and forth about Tweedside and my frustrations with the tune and um, I asked him just to send me, if he had kind of the closest setting for how people play it uh, where he is in, in Kelso which is right on the you know, which is Tweedside, right on the River Tweed, and uh, so he, he kind of sent one to me, and so I was playing around with that, and I thought it was sort of funny, I was thinking I would uh, like, play him back the favor to finally play this tune, and so I went looking for some other tunes with Kelso in it and found the Kelso Bowling Green in Thomas Calvert's collection. And I just, I loved Calvert's collection so much, and I was all excited to send it to Phil, like, oh man, have you seen this? And then realized, oh right, that's the first message he sent to me was sending me Thomas Calvert's collection from the 1790s. Um, so that was embarrassing. But anyway, it's a cool collection of tunes, and it's a pretty good tune as well, uh, Tweedside that is. So. Here is Tweedside, uh, as is played in the sessions around Kelso today, uh, and then I go into Kelso Bowling Green as well. So thanks again, Phil, for writing in and sharing this music with me.
minutes, the second to last tune, or tunes. Um, we're going to go out with another setting at Tweedside, uh, but I guess first, since this is the last episode of the season and of the year and for a while, just wanted to say thank you again. Uh, I feel like I say thank you occasionally or maybe too often on this show. I don't know, but uh, we get like a thousand downloads a month, uh, even as I've switched to kind of doing every other week being a full episode, we still get around a thousand downloads a month. So, um, yeah, just really appreciate it, everybody. Um, Obviously, 2020 has been one of the worst years in most of our lives, but um, yeah, doing this podcast and feeling connected to people all around the world that are interested in historic bagpipe music and bagpipe history um, just feels better, feels good. Uh, as much as we're all isolated, I feel more connected to listeners and people abroad than ever before. Um, Truly. So, uh, I'll be gone for a while, but like I said, I hope to come back. I was thinking about coming back for Robert Burns Day, do an episode then, um, but I might not. I might just stick away, just take the whole month of January off, really write a chapter, and then come back in February for an album release, maybe the first Friday of February, which I think is the Bandcamp Friday. Um, but along those same lines, please do email me uh, if you have a tune request that you want to see on an album. That'll be a little bit easier to listen to than having to dig back through old um, podcast episodes or Instagram posts or something. So send any emails just into waytotwog at gmail.com. I'll have a link in the show notes, but it's spelled just the same way as in the title of the podcast. So that should be pretty easy to figure out. And in the meantime, follow me on Bandcamp. My Bandcamp artist account is Jeremy Kingsbury. I'll again have a link in the description for that. So give us a follow over there. And uh, once I kind of figure out a couple of tunes I'll upload uh, the album I'm hoping to have like the album preview stuff up within a couple weeks um, so you can get an idea about what's coming and maybe some sample tracks but yeah if there's anything you really want to hear on it let me know and yeah I'm sure I'm forgetting something <laughs> but uh, thanks for making this year significantly better than it would have been without you, my listenership here. So cheers, everyone. Hopefully I gave you some joy and uh, appreciate you giving me some joy. Speaking of giving me things, uh, we're going to go out with a, another tune from Ryan Kirk from Robert Bremner's Guitar Tutorial. Uh, when Ryan and I were talking about the guitar book, I had mentioned specifically Tweedside, and Island of Rune as being tunes that just show up in every everything that I eventually will do a whole episode on. So if you wanted to record those, I probably wouldn't play them right away. And uh, so yeah, he did Tweedside. And honestly, listening to um, to Ryan play Tweedside is what kind of won me over to the tune. Uh, and that's why we're hearing it today. So a little bit of a duet um, to finish out the season. So cheers. We'll see you in season five. Thanks again, Ryan. Here's Tweedside from Robert Bremner. <laughs>